Laura. Dueling Genre Productions presents Geek by Night, Episode 1, Reboot, Part 1. Written by Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez. Have you ever started something that you never had the chance to finish, but always wondered what could have been? I have. McKinney City High School, freshman year. I was just a punk kid reading comics by myself on the bleachers at lunch when I caught an awkward-looking kid named Elliot Markowitz trying to read over my shoulder. Eventually, I just shared the comic I was reading with him, and a friendship was born. We liked the same comics, obsessed over the same TV shows, and raged about the same movies. Finding Elliot was like finally finding someone who spoke my secret language. It felt good having a kindred spirit to share this stuff with, but it was more than that. We looked out for each other. He'd get all emo about some girl and start writing Death Cab for Cutie lyrics on his MySpace bulletins, so I'd come over with a pile of comic books and Kevin Smith DVDs and help him forget about his man pain for a few hours. He was the Dante to my Randall, the Dawson to my Pacey, the Groot to my Rocket. We were inseparable. But our greatest achievement as friends, hell, just as people, was always going to be The Game. A tabletop RPG of our own design that incorporated all of the things that we loved while getting rid of all the stuff that scares people away from Dungeons & Dragons, like math and statistics. Just the luck of the dice and pure imagination. We probably spent hundreds of hours writing down ideas and sketching out characters on notebook paper. We never even found a name for it. We just kept calling it The Game. But The Game was awesome! And even though we never got to finish... Those Saturday nights in my basement spent playing through that campaign we created were probably the best times of my entire life. So, what happened? With the game? Uh, We never finished it. No, that Elliot guy. Are you still friends? Oh, uh, I mean, (laughs) it wasn't really the point of the story. When was the last time you talked to him? I don't know. 2009-ish. I guess we kind of lost touch or whatever. I don't really think about it. Anyway, bathroom is upstairs and to the left. Jeff! Mindy? What the hell are you doing here? It's afternoon and I need you to help sell stuff for my sorority. Uh, Gibson? Who the hell is this? I'm his sister, and you must be another one of Jeff's late night mistakes. Trust me, so not a mistake. That's what you say now, before the test results. You live with your sister? No, I live on campus, like... A normal, responsible adult. Jeff still lives with his parents. This is your parents' basement? No, this is my basement. It just so happens to be in the same house my parents own. And also live in. Oh, God. I pay rent, though. I pay rent! (laughs) (sighs) Thanks for that, Mindy. I literally could not imagine a more pleasant way to start my morning. I know this is hard to believe because you just woke up, but 12.05 p.m. is not exactly the morning. Turns out, the world is not using the same Jeff Gibson college dropout sadness clock that you are. 12.05? Ow! Damn it, I'm late for work. Wow, sometimes you're almost too predictable to bear. It's, like, overwhelming. Oh, like it's so surprising that you, once again, need my help shilling cheap garbage for your sorority. 
What is it this time? Chocolate bars, magazines, Christmas gift wrap? Some new energy drink called Catalyst. I guess it's made locally or something, I don't know. Honestly, I tend to zone out whenever Madison is talking, so I'm not really sure. I just know I have to sell way more cases of this crap than is humanly possible so we can afford to buy a pool I'll never use because it'll basically turn into a giant toilet the first time we throw a party. You know, for someone who supposedly loves being in this dumb sorority, you sure seem to whine about it a lot. Gamma Beta is not dumb, Jeff. It challenges me to try harder and be a better person. Maybe if you'd gone Greek, you wouldn't have dropped out before your junior year. Oh, please. If I wanted to hang out with a bunch of racist, homophobic meatheads, I'd just go fishing with Dad's friends. Uh, the president of Capify is actually super gay, and Lambda Delta holds charity events for GLAD like every year. So how about you get your head out of your ass? Oh my god, fine. The future is now. It's a new generation. Just please, get out of my room. All right, I'll go. Thank you. But first, a bit of sisterly advice. God damn it. Crying in bed over your ex-best friend, not the biggest turn-on for a girl. Oh, shut up. I wasn't crying. You know he still lives in town, right? If you really miss him that much, you should just call him. Who knows? He might even be happy to hear from you for some deeply foreign reason. I wasn't even talking about Elliot. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, sure. Okay, yes, he was involved. I guess. But that wasn't the point of the story, Mindy. Obviously, the point of the story was the game. You mean that Dungeons & Dragons ripoff you created with Elliot? It was not a ripoff. It was superior in every way. Anyway, you loved it. You used to beg us to play. Whatever. I was young and naive, and if you ever tell anyone about that, you will die by my hand. Look, Mindy, you're just not going to understand. The game is, like, the best thing I've ever done, and I, I just let it go unfinished. It's the biggest regret I've ever had. All that story and character development, gone. Down the drain. When I was playing the game, I I, I was happy. I felt like I could do anything or be anything. All those hours I spent playing the game, I, I didn't feel like a nerd or a loser. I just felt like me. And for the first time in my life, I felt like being me was okay. Oh, Jeff. Are you gonna cry again? No! Shut up! <sighs> Will you just call him? It's been seven years, man. He's probably a totally different person. Hell, I bet I wouldn't even recognize his voice anymore. You haven't changed at all in seven years. Maybe he hasn't either. I'm sure he's moved on. Maybe I've moved on too, you know. It's like, there's this show, and it's your favorite show ever. And it's so great, and you love every episode. But then you miss one. And then you miss a few more, and the next thing you know, you're behind a whole season. And then it's been even longer, and you're like, why even bother? You're so far behind, you probably wouldn't even recognize the show if you started watching it again. It's probably a completely different show. And then someone asks you what your favorite show is, and all of a sudden you realize that you can't say it's that show anymore. Are we talking about Elliot or Supernatural? Mindy... Listen, Jeff, it's been seven years and you still won't shut up about it. Isn't that enough proof you're not over it? Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a metric ton of energy drinks that need shilling. Speaking of which, I'm going to leave a couple of cases for you to sell at the shop. Nerds like energy drinks, right? Hmm. She's getting smarter. I don't like it. I've always believed that there are two types of people. Tuckers and untuckers. Uh, sir? Remember how you dressed when you first started here? Hoodie, tennis shoes, and a sloppy, untucked button-down. You were incompetent, unprofessional, and irresponsible. Plus, you couldn't hold eye contact with anyone longer than a few seconds. Yeah, it was unnerving. 
In fact, you were so uncomfortable to be around, I was pretty sure you were a sociopath that was going to end up picking off everyone in the office one by one. Wait, is that a sociopath or a psychopath? I always get those confused. You know what? It doesn't matter. Markowitz, I honestly thought you might be a serial killer. Jesus. Point is, you proved me wrong and reinvented your whole brand. You dropped the hoodies. You bought a real pair of shoes, conquered your creepy social deficiencies, and you're even tucking in your shirt. You've come a long way, Markowitz. You turned into somebody I can really count on. You're a tucker now, and that's a big deal. Which is why you're in my office right now. It's time to level up. I'm ready, Mr. Vickers. Good, because Nostalgia Toys is at a crossroads. For the past ten years, our bread and butter has been revamping random crap from the 80s and selling it to 30-year-olds who actually think the Transformers cartoon series somehow had more artistic integrity than Michael Bay movies. But those guys are in their 40s now, and the novelty's starting to wear off. So, this next quarter, we're reinventing ourselves. What exactly are we talking about? New ideas, Markowitz. Something fresh. Something exciting. Something the millennials will really get into. So, like, Pokemon? We're done with licensed properties. We want original IP. Something no one has seen before. Something we can own. The whole board of directors is coming down for this. I want to present them with something truly revolutionary. And Elliot, I want you leading the charge. Okay, I can do this. When is the presentation? Today after lunch. What? I can't do that. This is your moment, Markowitz. The day when you decide if you're going to become Don Draper or the weird one with the beard who became a hippie. Can't I just be Ken Cosgrove? Never settle for Cosgrove. You're better than that. And today after lunch, you're going to prove it. Don't let me down. Gwen, could you stop with the chair, please? My anxiety is already through the roof and you're not helping. Elliot, chill. Joel wouldn't have thrown you to the wolves like this if he didn't think you could handle it. Unless he knows I can't handle it and he's actually doing this just to watch me squirm. Like a kid with a magnifying glass and I'm this one teensy little ant he's singled out because he's separated from the rest of the group. Oh, I think a group of ants is called an army. Ugh, Gwen. Right, not helping, sorry. How were you so calm? Because Joel doesn't care about me. He found out I was gay and I practically became invisible. He doesn't even know my name. Yesterday, he called me Ren. Ren, like from Even Stevens. Actually, I'm pretty sure he's referring to Ren and Stimpy. Huh. Is it weird that I kind of find that preferable? Gwen. All right, all right, all right. Uh, oh, I know. Pitch me your idea. Out loud, just like a practice run. I don't know. Come on, dazzle me. You got this. Okay, okay. So, Brian. Brian. From the mailroom? No, no, no. My idea. It's called Brian. Just Brian. He's a cat. A cat named Brian. He's an everyman, but he's a cat. And Brian just wants to pay the rent and keep his head above water. And he's got this girlfriend named Natalie who's a bluebird, but lately he's worried that their lives are going in different directions. Is this a cartoon? Could be, sure. Cartoons, toys, comics. I think Brian is a character that our new older audience can really relate to. Instead of helping them escape from reality, Brian is going to make them deal with it. You know, like maybe Brian's dad is getting sick and he's worried that he'll never really get closure. Or he has to decide if he wants to keep renovating his apartment or suck it up and actually buy a house. Brian, your toys are growing up. Wow. Good? 
No, I'm just thinking I might actually pitch my idea now because I'm liking my odds. Oh, God. Elliot, that's not a toy. That's an Alexander Payne movie. You're right. I know. You're right. Ugh. Honestly, I haven't been able to think straight all week. Between work and the England trip with Gretchen, my head's been all over the place lately. What's left to stress about? You're leaving tomorrow. Oh, I don't know, Gwen. Flight schedules, train schedules, hotel rooms, dinner reservations, not to mention the fact that Gretchen wants to practically see every freaking show on the West End. Okay, okay, message received. I don't even have time to do this presentation. I should be out running last-minute errands for the trip because if I screw up one little thing... Life will totally go on. Life will implode upon itself until it ceases to exist. Okay, secret time. Secret, you say? Go on. Okay, but it's like ultra-major, top-level, best-friends-only, super-duper secret. Dude, spill. Once we get to England, I'm gonna ask Gretchen to marry me. Ah! Oh my god, Elliot! Whoa, big hugs! My boy's getting married! This is amazing! Why didn't you tell me sooner? I didn't want to jinx it. Are you crying? Yeah, I'm crying, you butthole. Elliot, I remember when you were too scared to ask her out on a date. And now I'm scared she won't say yes. Oh, shut the front door, you schmuck. Of course she's gonna say yes. Gretchen's crazy about you. She says you're the best thing that ever happened to her, like, every time we hang out. You guys talk about me? You guys hang out? Your girlfriend's badass, dude. And we only gush about you, I swear. And do impersonations. Seriously? These kids won't get off their cell phones. What are they even looking at all the time? Hers is way better. Can I get way ahead of myself and ask you a question? Yes, Elliot, you can name your daughter after me, the bravest person you've ever known. Will you be my best lady? I swear to God, if you make me cry in this cubicle twice in one day... I mean it, Gwen. You're the reason I haven't jumped out the fifth floor window of this place. After college, I kind of had to start over. I didn't have a lot of people to rely on, and you and Gretchen are the two most important people in my life, and I genuinely can't imagine going through with this wedding without you standing there making sure I don't pass out. Oh, please, you just know how good I look in a suit. Of course, I'm honored. Awesome. Now she just has to say yes. Knock it off, she's totally saying yes. I just, I don't know, if I'm going to be someone's husband, I gotta be ready to really step up to the plate. I can't be this nervous, awkward kid anymore. I have to be a man, an adult. Elia Barkowitz. Supporter of the patriarchy. You know what I mean. I don't want to be the sad man-child every other guy in my generation seems obsessed with becoming. I want to be a real adult who can take care of his wife. I want to be the man Gretchen deserves. I don't want to be an underdog anymore. Hey, Cosmo. I know I'm 20 minutes late, but I had a... something. You know, Gibson, the least you could do is have enough respect for me to come up with a decent lie for once. Also, you're not 20 minutes late, you're an hour and 20 minutes late. You just don't know that because you haven't actually come to work on time for five years. Seriously? Wow. That kind of restructures my entire planet. Believe it or not, Gibson, this afternoon you are not the biggest source of frustration in my life. Are you familiar with a Max Carmichael? Is that our mayor? Oh my god, is the mayor coming to the shop? Max Carmichael is the owner of Monopoly Comics, this chain of stores that just popped out of nowhere last month, and I just got word they bought Nelson Monk's store the other day. Neptune got shut down? Ah, that place opened when I was like five. As of now, Njolnir's is the last independent comic shop in McKinney City. So, let's look alive, shall we, in the name of those we've lost? Run the register while I go check in the new shipment. Afternoon, all. Simon, would you like to work at this store starting literally right now? 
Sorry, cause I'm not on the market. Right. Well, worth a shot. Congratulations, Gibson. You still have a job. He seems more stressed than usual. Cosmo's just worried that this big comic store chain is going to buy him out. And I'm sure it doesn't help that his only customer so far today refuses to buy anything. Ever. Well, if there was anything I really wanted to read, I could just borrow it from you. I don't get it, Simon. I mean, you don't buy anything, you don't want a job. Not that I don't enjoy the company, but isn't there anything else you could be doing with your day? I like this place. You guys let me do my experiments, and no one else ever comes in, so the ambiance is always nice. Plus, I like that full-size Hulk statue. (laughs) Yeah, I call him Barney. Why? He's the Hulk. Call him the Hulk. Well, me and Elliot used to have this inside joke about this guy who was just like the Hulk, but his name was Barney, and instead of getting angry, he was just really sad all the time. Ah, yes, Elliot Markowitz, your former caregiver. I keep meaning to get a hold of him, ask him where he put your directions. Good luck. I haven't heard from him in years. You ever think about looking him up on Facebook? I don't have a Facebook. Seriously? Wait, you have a Facebook? Yes, I have a Facebook. Everyone has a Facebook. Only antisocial weirdos trying to stay off the grid don't have a Facebook. As opposed to someone with, say, a vast intellect that leaves them in a haze of logic and figures, which makes it difficult for them to understand that human emotions are too complex to be explained or quantified using math and science. I resent that you assume I'm an emotionally stunted android just because I'm a scientist. Whatever. You probably can't even see me through all the numbers and figures swirling around in front of your eyes right now. Hey, do you guys have any Wolverine? Wolverine's dead, son. He's dead and he's not coming back. Best move on. (laughs) Funny. So, uh, look, it's my kid's birthday tomorrow and he loves Wolverine. So, you got anything? Uh, Question. Does your kid love Wolverine or does he love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? Because those are actually two completely different things. Oh, God, this is already way more of a thing than I want it to be. Okay, look, everybody thinks Wolverine and they picture this tall, sexy, handsome movie star. That's not who he is in the comics. Logan's supposed to be short, gross, and angry. Way more Bob Hoskins than Hugh Jackman. Oh, yeah. That's super fascinating, but could you literally just hand me like three comics that are Wolverine so that I can give them to my son? Whoa, wait. You don't care if the books you're getting for your son are even good? They don't have to be touchstones of the medium, man. He just likes Wolverine. Okay, see, that is probably the single most frustrating thing to hear from a parent. Comics aren't any different than film, or books, or TV, or even food. If you don't care that you're raising your kid on crap, he'll never have an appreciation for the good stuff when he's older. That's how you end up with 30-year-old Venom fans. Here, you see this? This is money. Money I was totally prepared to give you in exchange for you doing your freaking job. But look, oh no, oh no, look at that. It's going back in my wallet. You'll never see it again. How sad. Get out of my store. Fine. But I'm taking every copy of The Onion you have. Out of spite. No, wait, I haven't read today's yet. I, uh, um... So, while you were busy being a Kevin Smith character, I made you a Facebook page. What? Damn it, Simon, this is exactly what I was talking about. Your head is so full of facts and equations that you never listen to... Hey, is that Elliot? Yeah, I found him in 30 seconds, because it's 2015 and you can do that now. Wow, he looks so mature. None of his shirts have Spider-Man on them? And who's this girl in all of his pictures? Gretchen West. They're listed as in a relationship. Wow, that girl is totally out of Elliot's league. Wait, what's that? Status update. He posted it this morning. He's leaving for England with Gretchen tomorrow? Oh my god, Elliot always said he was going to propose to the girl of his dreams in England. Oh, good for him. Good for him? Simon, don't you understand what this means? 
No. If he gets engaged, which means he'll be getting married, he'll have a wife, then kids, a minivan, house in the suburbs, the whole thing, and I'll never get the closure I need. I've had this hanging over my head for the last seven years. How am I ever going to move on if I have to keep this up for the rest of my life? Well, says he works at Nostalgia Toys. That's not that far from here. Maybe we can stop by so you guys can talk it out. Yes, that's perfect. If I'm there in person, there's no way he'll say no. Wait, what are you talking about? The game. We never finished playing it. And once he has a fiancé instead of just a girlfriend, I'll never be able to convince him to play again. This is my last chance. You're talking about getting to the end of a tabletop RPG? I assumed you and Elliot had some real emotional baggage to take care of. You know, unfinished business. An unfinished campaign is unfinished business. And tonight, our business gets settled. Elliot and I will pick up right where we left off. But this time, we're finishing the story. Elliot, you promised we'd get food after shopping for England stuff. I didn't want to just leave all the stuff in my car. What if someone broke in? What if I broke your face? God, you get so violent when you're hungry. I require pizza. Okay, so I double-checked the flights and we're all set. We just need to be sure to have a cab ready by 5 a.m. Oh, and did someone say pizza? Because there's totally pizza in the kitchen. Hi, Gwen. Elliot, I will steal her from you. She could, you know. We have natural chemistry. Was your day as crazy as mine? Did your day involve a six-year-old girl who kept throwing Play-Doh balls at the other kids because she was pretending to be Honey Lemon from Big Hero 6? Yes. <laughs> I gotta head back to the office. Bye, Gretch. Thanks for the pizza. Good luck with the presentation, Elliot. Presentation? Oh, it's just this thing for work. I would have told you, but I didn't want to give you something else to worry about. Why would this be something I need to worry about? It's not. That's why I didn't tell you. Well, if it's not something to worry about, then there's no reason not to tell me. I love our patter. We're just like Luke and Lorelai. We're not Luke and Lorelai. We're not? Uh-uh. I'm Rory, and you're Marty, the naked guy she should have dated when she went to Yale. I'm the naked guy? They're not even canon. Canon schmanin. I have 20,000 words of a Rorty fanfic written by high school me who doesn't know the meaning of the word. Rorty. OTP, baby. Wait, what were we talking about? Uh... Elliot! Don't bring up Gilmore Girls when I'm trying to pump you for information. You know I'm easily distracted. And it almost worked. Presentation. Details. Now. It's just a thing Joel wants me to do. I have to present an original idea to the board so they can start selling stuff they own instead of just licensed material. An original idea? This sounds like a huge opportunity. I'm so proud of you. Believe me, this pitch is nothing to be proud of. Ooh, tell me, tell me. No, it's seriously so bad. I told Gwen and she looked at me like I was a grandpa with dementia trying to remember where he lives. Come on. I loved when you used to tell me your big ideas. You'd get all nerdy and passionate. Major turn on, by the way. You'll laugh. What's wrong with laughing? You used to love laughing. What am I? The dad from Mary Poppins all of a sudden? You make it sound like I'm not even fun anymore. Well... Knock it off. I'm fun. You've just been really focused lately, you know? I mean, when was the last time we made out in our PJs while watching Netflix or ate Chinese takeout at three in the morning doing Michael Caine voices at each other? We just don't have as much time for that stuff anymore, Gretch. We had to grow up. Says the guy working at a toy company. Says the girl entrusted with the lives of dozens of children. A toy maker and a school teacher. We should be so much more whimsical and adorable than we are right now. We'll be adorable in England, I promise. Don't write a girl a check you can't cash. Oh, I'm cashing it. And maybe don't do the presentation? Oh, okay, yeah, sure. I'm serious. This is a big opportunity. You're going to be remembered for this. You don't want to present an idea you're not totally in love with. Wait for inspiration to hit. Ugh. Is there any way I can get inspiration to hit me in less than an hour? I can think of a few ways. Oh no, I can't. Oh, but Peter, we can't do this. 
We're supposed to be running the school while the professor and Logan are away on a mission. Don't you dare kitty pride me right now. You know I have to go to work. This is not even fair. Peter, take me in your shiny metal arms. Take me to the savage land. Did you even read the trades I gave you? Can't this bucket of bolts go any faster? Yes, it can go much, much faster. But then I would be driving over the speed limit, which is illegal. Come on! At the rate we're going, we'll get there at 5 o'clock, and he'll be gone! And then what, Simon? Huh? Huh? I'm confident we'll reach our destination in the next three hours, Gibson. Sorry. I think the prospect of finally playing the game again has me antsy. Which has nothing to do with a desperate attempt to reunite with Elliot before his priorities realign because you're afraid this will be your last chance to be part of his life again. What? No. I just want to play the game. Why would this have anything to do with Elliot? No reason. I have to admit I'm a little nervous about meeting him. I tend to make bad first impressions with people. Oh. Do you, like, immediately pick apart all their faults and quirks and make really cutting observations? No. People don't do that. I'm not a badly written CBS detective. I'm a man. A human man. All right, jeez, I'm sorry. (sighs) Maybe you should work on some kind of plan. I just figured we'd walk up to the front desk and ask for Elliot. What's the big deal? Nostalgia Toys and Games is a legitimate company, Gibson. They're gonna have security codes, clearance badges. We could pretend to be a singing telegram. (sighs) Well... Whatever happens, we should try and get thrown out of there sooner rather than later. You don't want to leave Cosmo alone at the store for too long. He might start to harbor some resentment. Oh, he'll be fine. Cosmo doesn't hold a grudge. Hey, Cosmo, mind if I run off in the middle of my shift without even asking? Sure, Gibson. What do I care? I'm a human being who commands zero respect from the people around him. (gasps) Billy! Billy, look! Firefly character cardboard standees. I know, sir. You showed me the pictures you took on your phone. All of them. Every single one. Oh, oh, take a picture of me with all of them. It'll look like I, too, am on the crew of the Serenity. But take that Adam Baldwin one out. That guy's kind of a chode. Sir, we are on the clock. I think we're going to have to skip picture time. Billy, what did I say about being cynical? I'm not being cynical. I'm being punctual. What did I say? If it's worth doing, it's worth doing with a smile. That's a good Billy. Can I help you? Oh my god, are those old Star Wars action figures? Uh, yes? (laughs) Billy, what's our budget look like? Sir, you're about to buy the store and he's gone. Hi there, I'm Billy with Monopoly Comics. Uh, The man playing with the action figures back there is Max Carmichael, CEO of Monopoly Comics. So, figure that one out. Are you the owner? So, you're the guys buying all the shops in town. Well, if you think I'm going to sell out like everyone else, you're wasting your time. This isn't just my business, it's my passion. People like you make me sick. You're only in it for the money. You don't know passion. This place is great. When can we move in? You've got to see this full-size Hulk. Hey, we should stay here tonight. Sleep here. You know, to try it out. Oh, come on. If that's not passion, then I, I don't know what is. 
My father moved here in 1975 with the dream of opening his own comic book store, and two years later, he did. He was there for the direct market boom of the 80s and suffered through the crash in 94. He ran this store for 25 years, and he stuck through it all because he believed that anyone who loved comics and wanted to share that love with others should have a store to call their own. That's why this place is called Mjolnir's Comics. It's like the sign on the door says, Whoever loves comics, if ye be worthy, shall enter this store. Now, this shop might be old, kind of smelly, and sure, I probably lose more money than I make, but our customers are good people and they're worthy of a great shop. This shop. And that's why, even if you offered me my weight in gold, I'd tell you to piss off. This store is my home. It's my legacy. It's my Millennium Falcon. And I'm not selling it, not for any price. Not even for a dollar. Yeah, sure. All right. Fantastic. I'll go get the paperwork. What a nice couple of fellas. Geek by Night is executive produced by Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez. Starring Chris O'Connor as Jeff Gibson. Matt Mosel as Elliot Markowitz. Ray Russo as Gwen Allen. Andrew Ball as Simon Holt. Morgan Spencer as Mindy Gibson. Scott Tofty as Max Carmichael. Nick Jimenez as Billy. And introducing Naomi Wong as Lorelai Swift. Also starring Chelsea Kern as Gretchen West. Paul Mackey as Cosmo Peters. Zach Luna as Joel Vickers. Rachel Banks as Veronica Belknap. And Rachel Gatlin as Mystery Woman. Additional voice work by Hila Asifi. Rahul Karuk. Rhonda Mitchell. Bradley William Smith. Nathan Dunn, D. Tyler Fultz, Nicole Marie, Paul Homestar, Iabu Morrison, Vicky Claremont, Sarah Golding, Brady Odier, Anthony Legato, Frank Spear, and Eric Rivera. Reboot written by Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez. Directed and edited by Scott Corelli. Geek by Night theme by Zach Gibson. Original score and final mix by Scott Tofty. Credits read by Brian Brown. Special thanks to associate producer Trenton Anthony Smith. Geek by Night created by Scott Corelli. All characters in this work are entirely fictitious. Any resemblance to real persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Copyright 2016, Dueling Genre Productions. Thanks for listening.